the volume. Alright, we are back on another episode of Sports Gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Alex Monaco joining you live on AMP, wherever you get your pods, volume sports, YouTube, etc. Fired up to be with you. We got just a couple of sleeps left and we are on the board. We have made it just... Do what I do a couple days before football. Take a Mario Kart lap around your social circle. Say hello and goodbye to everybody you know, friends, relatives, significant others. This is your time to cruise around, say goodbye, because once the ball is kicked off the tee and it's time for football. Oh, we are going Daniel Day Lewis like it's the movie Lincoln in the character, baby. We don't break all the way to February. So do what I do. Say goodbye to everyone. We'll see you after the holidays. All right, today's show. Look, there are a ton of riveting preseason storylines, a ton of appetizing rookies to mix and mingle with on your fantasy mock drafts as we get ready for fantasy football if you dance in that world as well as some actionable items here on the rookie prop board i absolutely love so this is an action-packed show as far as just in the weeds on skill position players as well as these storylines in the preseason we'll talk those out later we did a list yesterday um ranking where i'm at on first-year and second-year quarterbacks. I'd be remiss if I didn't hop right into the very next day. Skill position, rookies that I am high on and how we can bet them coming into the season. We're going to do a little 6 5 4 3 2, one work our way backwards. Now, there is at the top of my list, which is the least person I'm high on, I, I got two guys. I'll talk them out both. Uh, It's Zay Flowers, wide receiver out of BC, going to the Baltimore Ravens. And Dalton Kincaid, who is a fascinating tight end, 6'4 lad, San Diego born, by the way, always plug in Ron Burgundy land when I can, receiving high praise in Bill's training camp. He is on the depth chart behind Dawson Knox. I'll talk him out in a second. We'll start with Zay Flowers, an interesting interesting line I see on FanDuel, depending where you shop. He's around 500 and a half receiving yards. Now, it's an interesting thing to note here. This is, again, a guy I'm not particularly high on of all the wide receivers because, you know, you have upside, you have talent, and you have, then you have where they go situationally, schematically. What kind of system are they going in? What kind of offense are they coming back to? And I look at the Baltimore Ravens offense, and I got to be honest, I'm not sitting here saying or feeling that Zay Flowers is going to be at the top of their priority list to work into their offense. Again, 
Lamar was hurt last year. J.K. Dobbins, couple of key offensive line pieces. This was a banged up Ravens club. They run to pass another year again. They're top five in rushing. They don't focus on throwing the football. And when Lamar does focus on throwing the football, he goes to a Mark Andrews typically more than he does a receiver. I mean, when you play fantasy football, there's three things you avoid. One of them is a New England running back as one of your main one-twos because it's a rotisserie back there. And the other one is don't draft Baltimore Ravens wide receivers. And I'm not saying Zay Flowers. I look at his year-to-year here, three TDs, then nine, then five, then 12. I like the idea of him catching touchdowns more than I like the idea of him getting over 500 and a hook receiving yards. Now that 12 touchdowns his senior year is something very appetizing, clearly has a knack for the end zone. And that is how you have to kind of assess these position skill players in your fantasy drafts. What do they do very well? What do they do consistently? Zay Flowers doesn't really give me any of that as far as what I'm looking at from his college career coming to a run-dominant offense. To me, he doesn't really even make my top six list. I don't have any interest in him. Again, there's more. I could be sorely mistaken because this is a team that is beyond thirsty for a wide receiver. I'm looking more at Odell Beckham being somebody that could work his way into a productive role immediately, someone behind a Mark Andrews, and then... I mean, let's not sleep on Bateman here. I don't want to sit here and say anything other than the fact that this Ravens depth chart is set up to be win time of possession, slow the rock down. And, you know, again, the Bateman injury is something because they don't have too many other guys. They did add Nelson Aguilar, which is interesting for a deep ball threat, but he's been a bust for a minute. And they got Devin Duvernay who handles the special team. So as far as options, not a ton, but I'm not super high on Zay Flowers. This Kincaid kid, though, let me talk this out. And there isn't anything actionable at the moment for Dalton Kincaid. I don't think they know at the moment at the books how he is going to fill in this depth chart. Thus, they can't make a they can't make a price on him. But I look at his numbers and I look at what this man has done. A 16 touchdown outing in 31 collegiate games and a big chunk of that. I mean, look at his 2022 campaign, 78, 90 and eight. That was his line, 70 receptions, 890 receiving yards, eight tugs in 12 games. A guy who played 55 division one games at the tight end position, 24 at San Diego with 24 starts. But this is a dude that was a career leader among tight ends in the, in the FBS with just a tick under 2,500 receiving yards and 35 receiving touchdowns. He led all FBS tight ends in receiving yards, people, and receiving yards per game at 77. This is a dude who had 16 receptions on 16 targets for a career-high 234, once upon a Tinseltown, Utah, Utah, and a tug, by the way. And that was against Caleb Williams and the USC Trojans. So as far as stepping up in the moment in big spots, this is a guy that clearly loves the spotlight, loves to get really in the nitty gritty because again you go to the buffalo bills and you don't have dog you're not finding the field so there's a reason mcdermott in this club with a dawson knox by the way and i looked up dawson knox's 2022 numbers just before i i very much co-signed 
on this rookie here, Kincaid, 48 receptions for Dawson Knox, 517 yards, six tugs on a 10.8 average. Remember, Josh Allen loves his tight end. And after Diggs and Gabe Davis, it is open season for the third target on this team. I think Kincaid is a steal to me in the tight end sleeper mid to late rounds of your fantasy football drafts. Again, this dude is a physical specimen, a freak athlete, great hands, blocks, and they don't have playmakers all over the offensive side of the football. Let's not forget, this is a running, this is a running backfield with Dalvin's brother. They have Latavius Murray and they just swooped Damian Harris. They are in a little bit of hot water, to say the least, in certain elements of their offense, despite what Josh Allen covers up. That's the thing when you have a top five quarterback in this league. You can cover up certain holes on your offense. But I think Kincaid adds a huge element. He's fifth on my list. I'm very high on. Next, this was a, this was tough because there's so many studs on this board. And actually, I had a hard time finding a prop for him as well. Uh, but I'm looking at Quinton. Johnston, a breakout year for the lad out of TCU. And if you didn't know who he was, you know who he is now. He's sitting at about 600 and a half with a hook, 600 and a hook receiving yards. And I look at his situation. He comes into a completely different scenario than Zay Flowers. Pass happy offense. You got Kellen Moore now as the offense of coordinator. Just to remind you, the Dallas Cowboys had the number one red zone touchdown efficiency at 71%. I know it off the noggin, Rain Man with the stats, baby. On the season, there was no team more productive inside the 20-yard line than the Dallas Cowboys. Why does that matter for this argument? Because this is a 6'4", 220, absolute savage, and he is a very riveting player and prospect. Now, I look at his year-to-year at TCU. The big thing that jumps out is his YPC, his yards per catch. I mean, 22.1, 19.2, 17.8 in his three years, respectively. He comes out to 19 yards per catch on his career. I mean, think about Duggan to Johnston, 19 yards per catch. I'll never forget it. I don't know if it was a screen or a slant to kick off that game against Michigan that they ultimately won. He goes the Seabiscuit distance. This dude jumped from 634 receiving yards to over 1,000, but he only caught 14 touchdowns in his career. So I look at the wide receiver situation. Keenan Allen is like the gosh damn Benjamin Button of this Chargers team. He just he doesn't go away. He's just still, I mean, I remember him playing at Qualcomm Stadium a whole nother lifetime ago. He was on a Manti Teow San Diego Chargers team. That's how long Keenan Allen's been in this business. But the point is, eventually, he's going to have to pass a wide receiver torch. Mikey Williams, clearly to me, is the favorite target on this offense. Let's not forget, Eckler takes a lot of receptions away from wide receivers. But you look at this YPC here, you look at the 600 number. I mean, God forbid Keenan goes down in the regular season. This is a guy in Justin Herbert signing the biggest contract in the history of the sport, locking in his future with the team. He's going to show up and show out, and they are going to be a pass-happy offense. This is a man in his second year that threw for over 5,000 yards. You start to do this as a math equation, how do you not pencil in six 
one for Quinton Johnston. I think this is a must fire. I think this is my, to me, very, very interesting potential upside in the fantasy football world, but he's got all the tools. And again, when you go on to a team like this, as I'll talk about another wide receiver in a second here, that situationally can lean on other wide receivers on their team to take the attention away. That goes without saying how huge that is. These guys were wide receiver ones all over their college careers. Now they come to teams and they don't have the pressure of a Flowers where really they don't have an established one. Much different situation for Johnston. I'm very high on him. Next on the list here, it has to be him. And this man is impressing here, there, and everywhere. Jackson Smith-Najigba out of the Ohio State University. Over 650 and a half receiving yards. I don't like it. I absolutely love it. And I got to stump the Schwab for you here. I don't think most people know this. Do you know who had the number one completion percentage in the National Football League last year for deep balls downfield? Now, deep balls downfield are 20 yards or more. Who do you think that is not a top 10 quarterback? That is certainly not a Madden overall 90 or above. It was Mr. They wrote and I didn't write back. Geno Smith, ladies and gentlemen, was first among full-time starters in completion percentage. And how about this? 47.6% on 14 touchdowns down the field. Again, 20 yards or more. We are talking about this prop directly linked to Geno and the deep ball because you start to look at Jackson Smith, the jig ball, and you have to remind yourself, this is a dude that was hurt all of last year. So you have to go back and remind yourself what he was in the 2021 season. A 95 reception individual, a over 1,600 yard receiving individual on nine touchdowns. 16.9 yards per game. I see what Quinton Johnston did, and he says, I'm doing the same, but I have the ability to damn near double your yards. And Jackson Smith and the Jigba, and remind yourself, coming from an Ohio State system, from an offensive standpoint in the Big Ten, I mean, there's no team more prolific. This is a team with a Chris Olave, with a Marvin Harrison Jr., C.J. Stroud with the quarterback. They were star-studded all over the field, and some of these guys I'm breaking down you have to factor in they're already playing at a professional level on some level with just the talent they practice with in day-to-day -day football. Jackson Smith and the Jigba is going against top shelf. Now, Ohio State defense has tapered off the last couple of years a little bit. I'm not going to call not call a spade a spade, but this man is battle-tested. We would hope he's gone through his most difficult trials and trips from an injury standpoint. And again, back to the situation that he's going into, just say it out loud, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and now they have Jackson Smith, the Jigba with Kenneth Walker in the backfield, by the way, they had no problem moving off of San Diego state Rashad Penny, knowing that this dude could have straight up stole the Garrett Wilson offensive rookie of the year award. If he stayed healthy, this is an offense 
in Seattle that impressed just about everybody but the bazooka bubblegum chewing Pete Carroll because he knew that he had what he had in his facility before anyone else knew. But I look at this number, I have to slam it. I mean, this is a guy that, and I'll talk about a value play here on some of these wide receivers. If they break over a thousand yards, I mean, you might as well be paying two months of rent. There is value all over the board, but this is a guy that is getting a perfect pairing. You want to talk about a nine course meal with a wine pairing and a, how do you do perfect one, two punch? It's Gino with the downfield and it's Jackson Smith with the four, three forty speed ability to stretch the field. And again, I'm reading about him. I'm seeing what everyone is saying about him. And and this is a John Schneider, Pete Carroll club. They have drafted well time after time after time. You can make the case they didn't even need this man in the first round. Why would they go here when they had so many holes to fill? Well, they clearly saw something special. And the fact that Gino throws the most beautiful downfield ball with this speed, it is a beautiful, beautiful pairing. I got him right here, to be honest, at my four slot as we keep it pushing to number three. And this one's interesting. I'm not exactly sure In the fantasy world, where this man's going to come in more lethal, in the backfield or in the points per reception category, because he is sick with the rock. And that is Mr. Jameer Gibbs out of both Georgia Tech and Alabama played at two colleges. If you don't know now, you know, I'm not seeing full numbers for him out there on the prop board yet, but at 11 to one to win rookie of the year with a, by the way, Detroit Lions second ranked offensive line last year. Cannot understate Ben Johnson with the play calling high octane offense. You only really have David Montgomery to take touches away from Gibbs. Now, if anything, I think they run a a similar Costco sample size of a one, two punch that they did last year, except it's not Swift and Jamal Williams. It's going to be Gibbs and David Montgomery. Now, David Montgomery clearly is, the more goal line fit back, I could see him stealing touchdowns away from Gibbs. But as far as main snap count, mostly in, I would say, three-fourths of the formations and first on the depth chart, it goes to Gibbs. And you have to remind yourself last year at Alabama what this man did. He had 25 runs of 10-plus yards. He's got big playability. I was watching some of his stats, or some of his highlights, rather. There's a play against Tennessee. Bryce Young's got nowhere to go, nowhere to go. Checks down to Gibbs. I mean, he's shaking. He's shimmying. I mean, he's dodgeball. Literally, every kind of move you can make, circle, triangle, R1, L1. He's got the ability. He can turn it on, turn it off, start, stop, speed. And 38 forced missed tackles, showing you that he's got ankle breaking, old school NBA Street PS2 with it moves. I look at the Detroit Lions offense, and again, we will speak about it this week when we break down the NFC North. This Lions team, for the fifth year in a row, was bottom five in defensive opponent yards. They gave up the most yards in the league. They're bottom five in defensive points against. So the point is, they're going to have to get in. Dan Campbell might need a third coffee shootout, and that's going to be perfect fantasy football Detroit Lions feasting hours directly linked to Jameer Gibbs. I think he's got all the ability to break out at 11 to one in 
the rookie of the year category, I do think he's worth a sprinkle. This is a guy that could come out and have an Alvin Kamara type rookie season. He could come out, do everything and impress all of us. I've seen him in certain mocks going at the end of the first round, early second. That should tell you something to me. He is outside of the next man up. My second favorite running back that we don't know about that's soon to be on the the scene in a big way. I love Gibbs. I'm sprinkling on him rookie of the year. Keep an eye out for his props as they settle on it at the books once these preseason games roll out. B. John Robinson at the two spot on my list. 1,075 and a hook rushing yards, seven and a half rushing touchdowns. I need you to find a gavel. If you don't have a gavel, tweet Judge Judy, hit up Aaron Judge, find one. I need you to absolutely slam this. This is a dude. Now, I like both of these props. If I'm giving you one, it absolutely has to be over seven and a half rushing touchdowns. I might put half a month on New York right on it. Third in career Texas rushing touchdowns all time. Third, think about the decorated Jamal, Charles, Ricky Williams on down the list. Studs at the running back position for Texas football. This man lands on the lily pad third all time. He is a bell cow back in a otherwise bell cow list. NFL is only three or four Derrick Henry Saquon beasts left. Bijan Robinson is that you don't see running backs go first round, top 10, top 15, very often 258 rushing attempts last year. I mean, come on. They ran him into the ground and he was always healthy 33 touchdowns, but eight. 18 touchdowns last season. The only thing in his way is Cordero Patterson, but I got to be honest, with Ritter under the helm, with a couple of new elements on this Atlanta Falcons offense, I think they're going to put Cordero, and again, this is a hybrid individual. He was drafted as a wide receiver out of Minnesota once upon a time. I think Cordero, you look at his 144 carries last year, 695 yards, I think that gets cut in half. I think we are we are we are kidding ourselves if Cordero Patterson's getting over 100 carries with B. John Robinson back there. This is what you do when you draft a first round running back. You run him all the way until you figure out where that threshold is. Where can you break 300 carries with him? Can you go in that Saquon, Josh Jacobs, Christian McCaffrey before he went to San Fran type volume? We shall see. I just think seven and a half rushing yards is criminally low. I mean, honestly, a touchdown machine. And I I find it very hard to believe that they're going to put Patterson inside the five yard line. Let's also not forget top three rushing team last year. You saw quarterback. I saw quarterback. What were they doing in the Marcus Mariota glimpses on the program? Running the football. So Bijan Robinson with Ritter, who is an athlete, by the way, may benefit from a dual threat quarterback. They are not going to be throwing the ball at all. That's really, to me, that works for him, not eight in the box against him. And he can split if he needs to. But I think over Seven and a half rushing towns, seven and a half rushing touchdowns is an absolute slam dunk. And last but not least, and I'm shocked I'm not seeing them on the board yet. 
for receiving yards or receiving touchdowns. I've seen it before. They took it off. It must come back. But I have a value play here for my number one rookie wide receiver. It is Jordan Addison. He is, to me, out of USC, a potential breakout stud. You know this Minnesota Vikings. Shout out my producer, Paul. You know what they do. It's death. Taxes and Minnesota barely ever misses at the wide receiver position. Randy Moss, Stefan Diggs, before Stefan, after Randy, Percy first round in 09 Harvin. Yeah, obviously have, we know Justin Jefferson. I mean, you can make a case Cordero Patterson was a miss. Yes, they've had a treadwell here and there. I mean, they found Thielen undrafted out of absolutely nowhere. I mean, literally, Cracker Jack box prize, and they said there was no prize. 88 receptions for Justin Jefferson in his rookie campaign, 1,400 yards. 15.9 yards per carry. I mean, you look at Addison's numbers in college, his ability to pass catch, to run routes, to stretch the field with the speed, with the hands. He has all the components. And I'm looking at over a thousand yard receiving numbers for him at plus 480. I don't know how that's not a slam dunk. You have every element you could possibly want situationally. Thielen gone, they need a number two. Dalvin Cook, I will talk about what they are sorely missing on this Minnesota Vikings team with him being a top four rushing touchdown, four-time pro bowler lad, not in the mix. They have to find ways, new ways to move the football. I'm looking directly at this stud. And again, this team just doesn't miss the Vikings, the Steelers. There are certain teams that have showed you time and time and time again, they nail certain positions. They are the anti-Bill Belichick drafting wide receiver Patriots. The Minnesota Vikings know what they're doing. Let's not forget, they laugh. They laugh at the Philadelphia Eagles for who they drafted and came to them a absolute gem. This team, this club, now offensive after the Mikey Zimmer defensive phase minded, this is the other element as well. Only two games last year. Only two games they outscored opponents in double digits. This is a 13-win club. I don't know how in a negative point differential win the North team that doesn't stop anybody. I mean, they play flag football on defense a third of the season that you don't feel comfortable about taking something like this that's almost 5-1. to one. I love Jordan Addison's upside. He is my favorite rookie. Now, in a fancy football world, let me say this. You're not going Jordan Addison before Bijan Robinson or Jameer Gibbs. You're just not. But as far as on this list, favorite bets, value bets, rookies, I'm highest on for their bet pairings. I think Addison and plus 480 to have a thousand yard receiving season is an absolute slam dunk. And we get out of here with a couple of NFL preseason storylines. And I just want you to look at a couple of these, pay attention to them. Again, we're two sleeps away from you saying goodbye to your family for six months. The Anthony Richardson debut is going to be riveting. I mean, this guy lights up the board in the preseason in a couple of days, and there's a world where his props move enormously in a positive direction. You have to remind yourself that these prop numbers 
are subject to change. And the biggest time they're going to change is throughout these preseasons. I want you to really pay attention to Anthony Richardson. I think to me, a special talent. And we have to remind ourselves, yes, he's got a bag of Skittles to throw to after Michael Pittman. But he's a freak athlete with a top six offensive line and a top five running back if he's buying in. I think this Anthony Richardson debut is something to look at. One of my top five favorite storylines. Just as much as the interesting quarterback carousel in training camp down there in San Francisco with Trey Lance and Darnold. Purdy's healing. Clearly, he's still on the mend. You look at Trey Lance. You look at Darnold. I mean, this is a team... And again, I was very high on Purdy yesterday, but they are a mix and mingle club when it comes to quarterback. They can plug and play almost anyone, even a Nick Mullins, and find a way to pull a rabbit out of a hat and win a football game. But I do find it fascinating. Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, I mean, a guy they traded for and a a former top five pick that was supposed to go number one overall. This is a riveting training camp. I mean, you got three quarterbacks and the quarterback that's going to win the job is apparently Mr. Irrelevant or it is Mr. Irrelevant. Pay attention to San Francisco as far as comfortability. I would go Purdy one, Darnold two, Lance three. I think Sam Darnold is yet to be in a stable situation. Jets, Panthers, give them some of Shanahan's offense with these weapons. Sam Darnold. If something happens to Purdy, could end up having a new shelf life. And a couple of these other storylines real quick before I let you go. I think Russell Wilson, if he does play in the first couple, a shout out to him preseason games. Just had another kid on the way announced with Sierra. Uh, Apparently no household problems. I was of the belief something was going on in the household. Past just his playing ability last year. You can't blame it all on Hackett. Well, he's got another kid cranking. He's got another reason to put food on the table and step up and show out. Interested to see how Sean Payton and Russell Wilson link. And I saw this on Twitter. I had to triple check the stigmatism. It said on the Bucks depth chart, Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield for the starting quarterback position. Are you kidding me? Or O-R, I mean, I feel bad for Flow and Progressive. They're going to lose an actor here in a second. No way he's going to be a backup quarterback, Inc. in national commercials. But if Baker Mayfield cannot win this Kyle Trask, Trask job, I think he should be listening to the Colin Cowherd podcast. I think it's time to consider potentially being enigmatic and explosive on the mic. I mean, if you can't win this job, teed up for you in Tampa, I, I, I got a lot to say about it, but we're running out of time here. And then let's see how Jordan Love does. I mean, we saw a couple of interesting training camp videos, some very nice throws, looks poised, and they don't need him to go out and be a shape-shifting C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, a rich talent. They need him to game Geno Smith manage. I do think he has that ability. I don't know if he's capable of making all the plays. I think he's capable of making some plays, Green Bay Packers have not been slept on seven and a half wins over under in the my entire millennial life. This is the lowest, best value you'll ever get for the Green Bay Packers here in recent memory. They could have an interesting reaction move based off of Jordan Love's production at the, the preseason week one through four. Something to think about there. So I'm out of here again. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Zay Flowers really... 
is off the list. I'd go Kincaid next. Then I love Quentin Johnston, Jackson Smith, Najigba, Jameer Gibbs, of course, Bijan Robinson, Jordan Addison, my favorite rookies in order with their paired bets. Hope you got some value. Appreciate you for Paul on the ones and twos. As always, don't forget to hug your mother. We'll see you. The Volume.